And it's time for another episode of the Hillbillies in the Holler podcast with your hosts, Boo Boo, Biggins, Buford, and goodness knows who else. Y'all pull up a chair and set a spell. And welcome back to glorious downtown Boogertown. I'm Buford. I'm Boo Boo. And you're back on another episode of the Hillbillies in the Holler podcast. Well, what's been going on this week, boo-boo? Uh, well, it, it's getting a little more chilly out there, and the leaves are all on the ground. Boy, it has been chilly. And wet. And wet. <clears throat> Which is good. That's a nice change up from six years ago before we had that forest fire, and we hadn't had no rain in two months. That's true. That's, well, we we on that anniversary, too. You know, It's yeah, been you, a few years since we had that Gatlinburg fire with... 4,000 structures and the unfortunate 14 lives lost. and 18,000 acres. 18,000. Somebody was asking me that the other day. I couldn't remember how many acres it was. 18,000. 18, yeah. You'd be hard-pressed now to start a campfire out there. Oh, it's it's wet as a sponge. Mm. <clears throat> but, well, it's been a, an interesting week. We've had some sad uh, deaths in the news this week. Robert Clary, who played on uh, Hogan's Heroes, passed away. He was, I think, 95 years old. He was actually in a concentration camp in World War II and then ended up playing the French guy, LeBeau, on uh, Just Hogan talking Tears. about him today because they were talking about uh, this one guy. He said, you know, I used to love that show as a kid till I realized what a real prison camp was all about and I didn't, didn't yeah. quite get it. And I said, well, uh, the irony of how comedy and humor can take a bad situation and grab take power over it with laughter is Sergeant Schultz and Colonel Clank were both Jewish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And another guy that played on there <clears throat> who was, uh, well, played one of the higher ranking Nazis also was Jewish and all of them, their lives have been affected by the Holocaust yeah. and they, they twisted around and made it comedy. Gilbert Gottfried used to do a great routine about the pitch meeting that they must've had to, oh, to sell, to sell Hogan's heroes as a TV show. It's going to be great. It's all about Nazis in a concentration camp. Be it's going to be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, there, uh, actually, um, there was a documentary made a couple years ago. We watched on, I don't know, Netflix or Hulu. One of them recently was, uh, it, was uh, it had Mel Brooks and a bunch of other people in it. But it was all about being able to laugh about um, horrible things. And, you know, can we laugh at the, the Holocaust? And they talked to Holocaust survivors who did laugh about it, and they they talked to others who didn't. You know, <clears throat> it's a very interesting and compelling documentary. But um, you know, we've always said that. Uh, in fact, Mel Brooks himself described it as he said, that "Comedy is pain plus distance. If you fall down the stairs and bust your head open, that's comedy. But if I stub my toe, that's tragedy. You know, it's all about how far you are from it." But <clears throat> I actually heard. Uh, um, a uh, Robert Clary was was uh, I had heard a uh, an interview with him just recently, talking about his experiences and about the TV show and and everything. And now, wasn't his family actually in a camp? Yeah, he like I think lost members of his family. Right. I think he was the only one. He maybe him and one other member of his family were the only ones that survived. But yeah, they were French. I can't quote him on this, but uh, I'm sure it could be looked up. I remember an interview where he was talking about. This this was his uh, not necessarily payback payback, but it was his way of coping to help change the energy over the situation yeah. through comedy over yeah. over the heartache what the family went through. That's one of my favorite uh, bits I ever saw Gilbert Godfrey do was 
when they were doing those historical roasts on Netflix, mm-hmm. and they were roasting um, Anne Frank. Yeah, and they had oh. they had Gilbert Gottfried as Hitler, as Hitler oh and, but goodness. he was dressed in shorts. He looked like a member of the Hitler Youth. Yeah, and he was you know doing all this just over the top horrible humor. But then when you know just like all the roasts, they roast the person, and then the person being roasted gets to get up and talk. So the actress playing Anne Frank got up and said, uh, "Hitler, how does it feel that we got a jo- a Jew to play you?" Not only a Jew, but the most annoying Jew we could find. <clears throat> you know, payback. <clears throat> payback. Mm-mm-mm. Well, that's the thing. You know, uh, I always said if you if you make something holy and say we can't laugh about it, you give it power over you. But if you drag the boogeyman out from under the bed and laugh in his face, you take away his power. Well, he's doing that the other day. Uh, I say the other day. I mean, you were doing some sketch uh, comedy skits and and. Uh, you know, you think if the Titanic happened this morning or yesterday, you know, you hear the term too soon. But yet, over time, like you see the distance and everything, you know, uh, you could say it's been 110 years since the Titanic sank. And yet, to this very day, there's water in the swimming pool. Still. Get <clears throat> now, if I had done that joke the night after it happened. Yeah. No. Too no, soon. Too soon. You know. Other than that, how did you enjoy the play, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> right. Yeah. In perspective. Yeah. You know, like Titanic was a tragedy. That's bad. to the people. But to the lobster in the kitchen, it was an absolute miracle. Yay, I'm free. Now if I can just get these rubber bands off my claws. <laughs> That's his perspective. Comedy is all about perspective, that is for sure. Well, some comedy can just be found in the news. Oh yeah. I mean just the other day in Germany there's a woman arrested for shutting the roommate's ventilator. I mean is the lady in her 70s rested after she switched off a hospital roommate's ventilator twice because she was annoyed by the sound it made. Oh, my gosh. I know. You know what that reminds me of? What? That lady that asked you to unplug her uh, air oxygen tank that one day. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had that wall between us and her. She was on the front row and had that oxygen <laughs> tube around her head going into her nose. And it's a clear... <laughs> plastic or rubber tube going down and her leg in the floor and it's going under that little wall hooked to that oxygen machine and uh, is one of those portable battery powered oxygen boxes but what I didn't know was we have a power outlet on the bus and she'd already got with the driver and said hey can I plug this in so I don't waste my battery and it can charge and I can use it he got her set up and plugged it in I still have no clue after being on this redneck bus as long as I have that there's a power outlet on that bus. So at the end, she goes, Bobo, would you help me? I said, yes, ma'am. I'd do anything I can for you. What do you need? Well, she's got that oxygen tube hosing her nose. She tugs on it at her chin, tugs on it, this right here. Would you kindly unplug this for me? And Bobo reached up and pulled it out of the oxygen tank. I tore that hose right out of that box. <laughs> That woman's eyes got as big as plates. She said, I need that to breathe. She said, I meant the power cord, the power cord. I'm holding that hose in my hand. All I could do is just put it to my mouth and blow as hard as I could. Yeah, her ears whistled. Her bu- eyes bugged out. Uh, there's an old story about the the pastor went to visit a guy in his church that was dying in, in the intensive care ward. And, and he, the guy wrote something down and handed it to the pastor and then passed away. And the pastor, you know, mm-hmm. put the note in his pocket and said a prayer. And, and then that next Sunday at church, he said, you know, Brother Smith passed away this week. And, you know, matter of fact, I was with him when he died and he wrote down a note. Let me read it to you. And he said, you're standing on my oxygen cord. <laughs> <laughs> I 
kindly remove your <laughs> standing on my oxygen tube. And the last word. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But um, that's crazy. Unplugged it because it was making too much racket. Oh, that's crazy, isn't it? That's insane. You know where Biloxi is? Mississippi. Mix- I'm pretty sure it's Biloxi. There's an argument between two men over a golf game that led one golfer to bite the nose <laughs> off the other golfer in the parking lot of the casino. That's what the police said. Said this gentleman initially fled the scene in a Tesla before turning himself in. He'd been easy to spot because he had a you know, nose in his mouth. And Mouthful of nose. Blood all down his chin, probably. Ew. Ew. There was a movie where Chris Farley got his nose bit off. Oh, I, didn't, I don't I know, did I forget which one it was. Yeah, it was a, uh, a character he played got his nose bit off. <clears throat> Made it sound like there's a bunch of movies he had his nose bit off on. Which one would that have been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of the nose or the whole nose? He went for the whole honker or the... What do you do? I mean, that one boxer bit that guy's ear off, or he just bit a little piece off of it. That was no, Mike Tyson and uh, Evander Holyfield. Evander Holyfield, yeah, he just bit a piece off of it. They asked Evander Holyfield after the fight, "What'd you think about that?" And he said, "Huh? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> Cup your hold inside your head, please." Yeah, yeah. That was uh, you know the old story about uh, the famous painter uh, Vincent Van Gogh that he had cut his ear off and sent it to a woman as a gift. But now historians believe he was living with the painter Paul Gauguin at the time, and they believe that he and Gauguin got into a fight, and Gauguin cut that part of his ear off with a knife in the fight. And then after they calmed down and were like, oh, this is, this is probably bad, we need to do something about it, then they cooked up the story of him sending it off to this woman as a gift. and He painted a self-portrait with a bandage on his ear and everything, but, but they believe that Gauguin actually did that. <laughs> Wow. Then he left France and went off to Tahiti to paint naked women. So He had a plan. I mean, yeah, after you've cut your friend's ear off, you know, what, what are you going to do not? next? You know, Go to Disneyland. Well, they didn't have Disneyland, so he went to Fiji. To Fiji Island. Well, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, BigfootSearchGear.com. Do you walk through the forest with an eye open for the unknown? Do you believe that Bigfoot is out there, somewhere? He may be hiding, but you don't have to. Let the world know you believe. Visit BigfootSearchGear.com for the largest collection of apparel and gifts for Bigfoot enthusiasts. Bigfoot t-shirts, hats, stickers, signs, and keychains, as well as Sasquatch hot sauce. It'll make you howl like a Yeti. Go to BigfootSearchGear.com and enter promo code HILLBILLIES at checkout for 10% off. Free shipping to anywhere in the U.S. on orders over $25. BigfootSearchGear.com And we're back. Well, we had another death in the news just this week. 90 years old, uh, Bob McGrath Sesame from Street. Sesame Street. Yes. I mean, he's a, he always seemed like a nice guy. He was. He just seemed like a genuinely nice guy. He was on there from, like I think, the very beginning. He was on for, I think they said he left in the 45th season, but he was still doing some uh, representation, like you know, going out and doing the public appearances and stuff, but he wasn't on the show anymore at that point. But <clears throat> he actually had a big singing career in Japan. 
he put out several albums and uh, they were big sellers in Japan and he toured over there and was like big star back, wow. in, the, back in the 70s and 80s yeah so well, they, that brings back some childhood <laughs> memories yep the grocer is a person in your neighborhood well, I say, what? Well, come on! You had Sesame Street, Electric Company, uh, oh, I Captain love Kangaroo. I did a Mr. I did a TikTok. Rogers. I did a TikTok recently <clears throat> where I showed a clip from the Electric Company, and it was Morgan Freeman and Rita Moreno. That's right. You got to start now. And I said, "This is why our television was better when we were kids than it is today, because our people were Oscar winners." Well, that's true. Rita Moreno had already won her Oscar at that point. Morgan had not, but he eventually would. But, yeah, we had Oscar winners teaching us our ABCs. That's pretty cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, it is. Learned to count by that. One, two, two three. <laughs> Thunder and lightning. Hebert, yeah. Hebert. Hey, Ernie. My favorite character on Sesame Street was always Guy Smiley, the um, the television game show host. And they would they did this thing that I lear- later learned in puppetry is a no no, but they did it as a joke. But when you're working with puppets, you're supposed to move your thumb to lower the lower jaw. You don't move your upper fingers and throw their head back. But Guy Smiley's head would always fly back in puppetry. It's called flipping your lid. But uh, and so he would always talk, but it would be his upper jaw that was moving, and his head would be like getting whiplash, flapping back and forth. Wow. Yeah. A lot of times there's... That's kind of hard to do. I'm holding my hand here, just moving my thumb, trying to keep my hand... It's very hard to do. Huh. It's very hard to do. That's something that puppeteers have to learn. Yep. One of the things I would do is instead of just moving my lower thumb, I would also push my uh, upper fingers out towards the audience, but it was going out, but that would allow it to move without doing that flip your lid thing. Looks like you could weight it too. Yeah. Wait your hand. I always wanted to just put my lower fingers in the lower jaw and just wiggle them up and down and not even have anything connected to the top. Hold it upside down. Hold it upside down. There you go. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's why you're in charge around here. You, uh, I'm a thinker. He's a thinker. Buddy, you can't hide that education. Did you, Did I tell you what I did, though, uh, Bull and, uh, uh, I see, Chief the other day? No. Told him a joke. And it went on for 18 minutes. yes. Went on for 18 minutes. They could not get the punchline. And they said, well, what's the punchline? I said, I just told you the punchline. So I told the joke. If I told it once, I told it 50 times. And they stood there still trying to figure this thing out. And I'm laughing because it's becoming hilarious to me. That they don't get the joke. That they don't get the joke. And so. Well, pray tell, boo-boo. What was the joke? Well, the joke (laughs) was this. You got this Czechoslovakian. You've, they're businessmen, Czechoslovakian businessmen, Ukrainian businessmen. You got a French businessman, Italian businessman, English businessman, Irish businessman, Canadian businessman, an American businessman, Chinese, uh, Chinese businessman, Mexican businessman. You said Chinese businessman, Japanese businessman, Vietnamese businessman, South Korean businessman, uh, Indonesian. Indonesian businessman, and all of them go to this upper-class restaurant in New York City, and they will not seat them because they didn't have a tie. And those boys thought and thought and thought. Fretted over that for a long 18 time. 18 minutes, and it would have gone longer, but Chief's wife called, and he put her on speaker and made me tell her joke. She starts laughing immediately, which extremely frustrates our two, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, who's over there trying to figure out why they couldn't be seated. 
Now, for those of you who have not figured it out, it was because none of the guys were from Thailand. They didn't have a Thai. So I'll give you the clip note <clears throat> version. A Chinese businessman, Japanese businessman, Vietnamese businessman, South Korea businessman, Indonesian businessman go to an upper-class restaurant in New York City, and they're not seated because they didn't have a tie. They ended up in another restaurant, and when the waiter said, how many checks? They said, just the one. <laughs> Checklist of vodka. <laughs> I love it, callback. Just the one. So then, <clears throat> a few days later, We've all been laughing about this about and, and, and teasing Chief that he didn't get the joke. And then we get a text from the Nashville office about something going on the next day on the tour and something we needed to do special. And he looks at it and he goes, did you get that text from Nashville? And I said, no, I didn't. And he said, well, what does this mean? And he hands it to me. He goes, because I don't get this at all. And I looked at the text and I went, well, see, one of the guys wasn't from Thailand. <laughs> He just look at. He didn't know you knew. knew. He if if looks could kill, I'd have at least been limping. (laughs) He looked now. Now Bull was falling all over himself laughing, (laughs) and uh, and Biggins was there too. Biggins was in on the joke, and Biggins was howling. But Chief didn't think it was too dead gum funny. The rest of us were giggling like idiots. But yeah, oh, I said yeah. Well, see, one of the guys wasn't from Thailand. Whoa. Yeah, them rascals, they should. And, and watch them work amongst each other. Now, tell us that joke again. I would again. They said, well, maybe it's because it's a bow tie, not a regular tie. Maybe they was using it's a, a bow it's tie. It's a high-class restaurant. you got to wear a tie, tie. when you maybe go in. Maybe it's because it was a bow tie. And I said, no, let me tell you a joke again. <coughs> go through the whole, the whole thing again, and they still go right <coughs> back to neckties. <laughs> trying to figure out what kind of necktie it was. Maybe he was open collar. Maybe it's Oh, that's funny. I'm going to tell you that joke one more time. We're going to go through it again. Well, what's the punchline? I just told you the punchline. They didn't have a tie. But it's not funny. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's getting funnier by the minute. Oh, I know. I'm laughing. I got tears in my eyes. I said, you guys are killing me. You guys are killing me. I said, the thing is, when you realize what the punchline really is, you're really going to be upset with yourself. You just really are. And upset with me for even telling it. Oh, that was too, too funny. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> Look here, a long forgotten and somewhat unsettling statue of Mickey Mouse with giant lobster claws for hands has found its way back to Boston. The 700-pound statue was last seen in the city nearly two decades ago at Quincy Market, where it entertained tourists and shoppers, before slipping out of sight and into city lore after it was sold in 2005 at an auction organized by Disney. Why in the world would you make a statue of Mickey Mouse with, with claws? lobster claws? <clears throat> I mean, he's got what three fingers and white gloves, or something like that. Yeah, two fingers and a thumb. I don't no, know. No, he's got three fingers, I think, and a thumb, so four digits. Oh my gosh! What? Speaking of uh, fewer than normal digits, <clears throat> on the Christmas tour last night. You know, I do that thing where I say, tell me what was your worst Christmas gift you ever got. Mm-hmm. And I get all kinds of funny stuff. I had a woman one time said her husband gave her a vacuum cleaner. And I'm like, that's a lovely message. Merry Christmas, baby. You know, the house looking kind of dirty. Won't you get to cleaning? And um, I've had, you know, of course, people talk about chia pets and and pocket fishermen and tote socks. And So I was asking last night, and I was having a little bit of a hard time. They weren't wanting to tell me stuff, and then people would get bashful. Or somebody will say something really funny, like, you know, I got lingerie from Kmart. And then everybody else clams up because they're like, well, I can't top that. Well, it's not about topping it. It's about, you know, all of it because i got to have 12 funny things to do the bit I want to do. 
So I'm really having to try to dig last night. And finally, this woman says, well, my mother gave me toe socks, but she sewed up the little toe on one foot because I only have nine toes. Oh, my goodness. And her mother was sitting next to her and she goes, did I do that? She goes, yeah, you did that. And all of a sudden, I got this little thing going on. I was I was That's laughing great. my head off. Yeah, she's missing her little pinky. Her mother goes, she's got a tattoo on her foot that says, wee, wee, wee. <laughs> wow. Well, it's like that guy had those. He had six kids and seven on the way. And he bought a school bus that he was going to convert into like an RV where they could live out of. They go all around the country, plug in, find work, whatever. These six kids are ages of, well, one about to be born to a newborn baby to, you know, probably 13, 14 year, years old. Well, when he put their bunks in that school bus, he just didn't put bunks in there. He put the bunk to the size of the kid as they are currently. Mm-hmm. So now the issue is those children aren't through growing. No. So, you know, the 13-year-old ends up having to sleep on the couch. As they each move up and the little ones are getting And then the 11-year-old is now in the bunk for the 13-year-old until he has to fight the other one for a couch. That's just genius, all them little bunks bunks up to the big bunk, and then they just kept growing. That's silly. You'd had to make them adjustable. You'd think. You'd think. He used well, to brag about the fact he'd get so many bunks on that one row. Well, I guess so. If you're going to do one, it's a foot and a half long. What a knucklehead. Well, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, coffeeandsugar.com. And today's episode is brought to you by coffeeandsugar.com. That's K-A-W-F-E-E-A-N-D-S-U-G-A-R. Coffeeandsugar.com. Home of Granny's Hillbilly Coffee, some of the best coffee you'll ever drink. If you use promo code HOLLER at checkout, you'll save 15% off orders of $29 or more. Visit coffeeandsugar.com and tell them the Hillbillies in the Holler sent you. And we're back. Good night. Do you know TSA found a stowaway cat at JFK? <clears throat> Alert agent at New York's JFK airport noticed tufts of orange fur, Heathcliff, poking out of a slightly unzipped suitcase. It gave him pause. <laughs> oh my goodness. Gave him pause. Look at the x-ray. Oh my goodness. Somebody packed their cat in luggage. We're looking at an x-ray and you see this cat in these people's suitcase. That's insane. Did I tell, I don't remember if I told about this, about uh, the trouble that Beulah Dean got in with TSA down in uh, in uh, Sanford, Florida? Did I tell about that? No, I don't think so. <clears throat> Back in October, we took several of the kids and grandkids down to uh, Orlando for a few days. And on the uh, we were staying in a big, two big condos there at Disney. And uh, our... Uh, uh, son that was with us who's got the twins uh he was pa- cooking breakfast and we were all packing up the morning that we were packing and i was sitting in the living room and they had a bar there where you could see into the kitchen but you couldn't see you know the the lower end just the top end <clears throat> and i could see him cooking breakfast and i saw the refrigerator door open and his one of his little two-year-olds was in there playing in the food and of course we we're gonna have to throw the food away because we we're at the resort and we we're flying 
So, you know, I wasn't worried about what she was doing. She's in there playing with the uh, jello cups and with the foil lids on them and playing with them like, uh, like, uh, building blocks. But my wife's backpack was laying there and she'd been th- putting stuff in it. Well, we get to, we, we packed up, checked out and we spent the day cause our flight wasn't until that night. We're spent the day wandering around Orlando, going to see different sites, but it went up to Daytona beach. And so we're having a good time and, <clears throat> No, uh, yeah, they told me that's where we went. Well, anyway, we get to the Sanford airport that night and we're going through security and, uh, we're getting all of our bags x-rayed and we go out and my wife's like, where's my backpack? And she looks over and this TSA agent has, he, she says, excuse me, that, that's my backpack. He said, yes, ma'am. I need you to step over here for a minute. She was like, okay. So she walks over and he says, do you have anything sharp in this bag? And she said, not to my knowledge. No. He said, well, let me look and see what this is. And he goes digging. He goes up. Oh, here's the problem. And he pulls out a pack of hot dogs, a pa- an eight pack of hot dogs that our two-year-old granddaughter had put into her case while no one was looking, while she was playing in the refrigerator. Oh, wow. Now, what do hot dogs look like on a TSA screen? Looks like- Dynamite. Yeah, looks like a little string of dynamite, yeah. Oh, wow. <clears throat> and uh, he said- um, we hadn't seen this since Biggins moved that pond. <laughs> he said, we didn't, yeah, he said, we didn't, uh, he said, we noticed this in your bag. And she said, I think my granddaughter put that in there this morning. He said, do you want to keep them? She said, they've been in a hot car in the Florida sun for the last 12 hours. Throw so away. I think we'll be fine. You throw them away. But we were laughing about it because as wow. you go through the Knoxville airport, you go through the TSA, they've got these little placards up with like pictures of guns. And it's like, Officer Thompson kept this gun from getting on an airplane. Officer just Jones kept this gun from getting on an airplane. I, mean, I said, I wonder if we're going to do that down there. And yeah, say, Officer Smith kept these wieners off a plane. These eight wieners. <laughs> keeping you, keeping y'all safe. Yeah, somebody's liable to light them things. That's right. To move <laughs> upon. <laughs> those, yeah, they need to go back to the early ones and hear about Biggins finding 24 sticks of dynamite and him and his brothers moving the pond. Oh, he didn't find them. He well, flat out stole them. He stole them. <laughs> he flat out stole them. That's true. But, yeah. Finding stuff in the, like that cat in that luggage, dynamite. Hey, up, this happened last week up in Alaska. You know how firefighters can get called around here to go rescue a cat and have a tree? Yeah. Not in Alaska. Go big or go home is what I say. They called the fire department to help them because they were looking for some help to get a moose out of a basement. Well, there you go. A moose out of a basement. If I had a moose in my basement, I, I can honestly my... say that is something I don't think's ever happened in Boogertown. No, I'm pretty sure it has not. Hmm. Then make a country song up in Alaska. That's what we ought to do is write country songs just for Alaska. That's funny. North to Alaska, the moose is down the steps. Hmm. Well, I tell you what, you know Steve Jobs who co-founded Apple? Yeah. They they said he's always pacing the floors. His sandals have been sold for nearly $220,000 at an auction house. Wow. Steve Jobs sandals. Wow. A lot of news happening this week. I was trying to look to see if somebody did. I don't know. I watched that football game the other night, and they had a, a halftime Dr. Pepper did where these college kids could throw this football into this giant can of, it's like a six-foot-tall can of Dr. Pepper, and whoever did the most in a short amount of time got $100,000. Wow. And so they had the clock up there, and what they had was a tie. 
And so they let him go again for was a Was it short... a guy from Thailand? No, it was okay. Thailand, yeah. But anyway, it was a tie again, and they immediately give the uh, this other one they, 100000 and the other one twenty. but everybody's booing. They're like, we don't understand why they're booing us. I tell you, because there's a tie again. So uh, I told told somebody, I said, we're going to see this on news later on. It wasn't but a few hours later. Uh, there's a press release where Dr. Pepper was giving both students $100,000. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Do the right thing. You're mm-hmm. just getting publicity. People, it, this, people would be talking about it. Hey, there's something you, Diamond Jim, and Biggins could do. Casper, Wyoming, facial hair enthusiast claimed to have set a new world record for longest beard chain during an event in Wyoming on Friday. A beard chain. It's where they tie beards together. Oh, don't sideways, kind of like the old 70 yeah. Sam, and just see how how long they can go around there. Yeah, that don't sound It's like, 150 feet long. That don't sound like fun to me. Broke the record of 62 feet, so that meant somebody in the past done it too. And they probably thought there ain't nobody going to beat 62 feet of this. I know. Any, anytime you see anything like that, it always makes me think about old Killer Bees used to do routine about the cow chip tossing contest. I've been to those. He said somebody jumped up in the bar one night and said, I can throw a cow chip further than all y'all. And somebody else jumped up and said, you cannot. Wow. Did you uh, see that movie Tom Hanks was in called The Terminal? Yes, I love that movie. You know, it's based on a true story. Was it really? And, uh, man, it was based on has passed away. He died last Saturday. I'll be dinged. Uh, He was an Iranian man who lived for 18 years in a Paris Charles de Gaulle airport whose whose saga loosely inspired the Steven Spielberg film The Terminal died Saturday in the airport that he long called home. He'd been there the whole time? 18 years. God, Living in that airport. I've been to that airport. It ain't that nice an airport. I mean, it's nice, but it's, yeah, it wouldn't be anywhere I'd want to live for 18 years. <clears throat> My goodness. That is, uh, that's wild. No kidding. What is it Johnny Carson would say? That's really, really. You, you are correct, sir. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we sure do appreciate y'all coming back to glorious downtown Boogertown and listening to the show. I want to ask you all, please, to go on Apple Podcasts especially and give us a review. We've been five stars for a long time, and somebody just recently has given us a one-star review. No. They didn't write anything. They no. didn't say what they didn't like, but they gave us a one-star review. Had to be an accidental button so push or now something. now we're at 4.9. Well, anybody uh, we, that goes that much trouble to push a review, that, I mean, uh, if you don't like it, you, gonna say you ought to say why you didn't like it, but we don't want you to go in there and say you don't like it. We want you to go in there and say Can that you do like it. we protest it? I, I can't even star? pull it up. All I see is that it happened, but we got a 4.9 rating. But but they didn't say anything. <clears throat> not a thing, not they a word. They didn't sign their name? Nope. Everybody that said anything on there has been five-star reviews. So you please shouldn't be allowed to review if you can't sign anything. Yeah. But I'm glad you're telling me now. That puts me in a bad mood. Go on there and give us a review. Because that's how people find the show. So give us ratings and reviews if you have not already. And tell your friends about us. Share this on uh, Facebook. Uh, there's a little uh, button here on the the uh, podcast, whatever you're listening to, where you can click to share it. And then you can just drop it on Facebook and say, hey, y'all, this is a podcast I really enjoy. Give it a listen. Um, if you are interested in Hillbillies in the Holler merchandise, you can go to hillbilliesintheholler.us. You can also get Meet Buford uh, merchandise at meetbuford.com. Follow us at Hillbillies in the Holler and at Meet Buford on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Tiki Taki. Um, they come see us live. They can come see us live at the Redneck Bus. 
in um, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, go to theredneckbus.com to book tickets. There's a link in the description. And uh, you can go there and book tickets. If you use the code SMOKY at checkout, ring everybody up as adults and then use the code SMOKY, you'll save $10 off your tickets. Get all your adults for child price. <clears throat> and uh, you can come up here. We're going to be doing the Christmas tours, the lights tours, through the end of the year. And we've got we'll... another bus, too. So if you want to yep. do a private tour for your business or your family or just friends and you want to have that bus all to yourself and one of the hillbillies in the holler, Call ahead and make those arrangements. We can accommodate anything you're wanting to do. Absolutely. Give us an email if you have questions, comments, or just encouragements at meetbuford at gmail.com. And um, thanks for listening. Gator, if you're listening. For that one-star review, thanks for nothing. Yeah, Howie Mandel is still doing fine. So in the meantime, I'm Buford. I'm Boo Boo. Y'all be good to each other. You've been listening to the Hillbillies and the Holler podcast. Come back next week for a whole lot more fun right here in downtown Boogertown.